You are listening to the Build a Brain podcast with Dr. Jeannie Zare. Join the quest to shape an efficient brain that fires on all cylinders and runs like a fine-tuned machine. You are now in the capable hands of an international presenter and a pathologically optimistic brain builder. Dr. Zaire will give you the right blocks to build that three pounds of cerebral muscle for you, your child, or the young adult you teach or mentor. Block by block, thought by thought, now is the time to build a better brain. Let's get started. Welcome, friends. So good to be with you again. I have my trusty podcast assistant, Kibway. Kibway, good to see you again. I'm feeling good. And remember our first episode where we talked about input, elaboration, and output? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So input are those thinking skills that help us get information into our brain. And elaboration is the heavy lifting of thinking and learning, working, what you do so well (laughs) with podcasting. Output is the product How do we tell people we know what we know? And Output is the wonderful product of a podcast and all of your fun work that you do with mixing all of this. That's right. Uh Uh-huh. So we did three input skills on the first, uh, well, we did an intro and then we did three input skills. We're going to shift to elaboration for episode number five. We're going to move to define the problem. Now remember Feuerstein was working with teenagers that had survived the Holocaust and he was recognizing that they had an inadequacy in the perception of the existence and definition of an actual problem. Definition of existence? Yeah, like can't even realize there's a problem. Now you've had a friend that you've went really how can he not see this issue in his life, right? And I've had people, you know, tell me the same thing. You know, don't you realize that's a problem, Jeannie? Oh, oh, no, is it? So what's the problem? So this cognitive skill, if you think about it, is an awareness. So he's saying that our brain needs to be able to recognize that there is some disequilibrium. Something is not right whether it's in my checkbook or the car's not running right or your friend gives you a strange look like they kind of raise one eyebrow and you're like, okay, what'd I say? Did I do something wrong? So recognizing there's a problem. So those are a lot of big words that Reuven used, inadequacy in the perception of the existence and definition of an actual problem. But it boils, yeah, it's a lot. But it just boils down to what is the problem? like defining the problem is the positive version that we put that in. So being able to define the problem, what is the challenge here? Have I ever seen this before? Uh, Why is this a problem? So this is not a lot of heavy thinking that's done for a long, long time because as soon as you start solving it, you're moving into other thinking skills. So you're just trying to say, this is a problem. Then you're gonna use other thinking skills to to move on from there. So this question is actually a pretty good one if it's used with others in a genuinely honest way. We can't be too sarcastic. (laughs) 
because <laughs> that's tempting, right? Yeah, really, you can't see this. Okay, so no, you want to be honest with it. So Feuerstein's method for helping people learn how to learn is called mediation. We talked about that a little bit, I think, on the first podcast too. It implies that we position ourselves between a task or an issue and our friend or a person or a child. So you may be a parent, you be a, may be a mentor, you may be an aunt or uncle. Um, you could work at a boys and girls club where you're, where you're helping you know younger kids. So you're gonna help mediate the situation by asking really good questions that challenge this child or person to think for themselves. So I don't know, because I'm a mom and I'm a teacher, and you had a you talk about your mom so well, um, but you know moms, we like to solve problems. Yeah, we're a bit of a rescuer. Do you yes. remember? Yeah, was your mom a good? Yeah, jumped Absolutely. jumped right in there, <laughs> helped her kid boy be able to figure something out. But when we're mediating, we don't want to rescue too much. So we want to ask good questions. And a couple good questions are first, just what do you see here? Like if they don't recognize there's any problem at all, if you're in a situation that you can ask a good question, ask them, what do you see in front of you? Or what did you hear? And if they go, well, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. So well, just look at this issue right here. Like put something, whatever it is, you know, is the problem and they're not seeing it. Try to get them situated so they can see the issue. Right, by asking questions. And then ask questions. Well, what do you see? Oh, oh, well, I noticed my room's a wreck. Right. Oh, hmm. So what's the problem is then your follow-up question. But if they're not perceiving anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you need to ask what do you see or what do you hear. It could also be a what do you know if it's a relationship social skills issue. You might ask, what do you know about your friend and how things are going there? You know, what do you know already? Then move into what could be the problem. There's a lot of room there for interpretation because I think a lot of us go a long time without recognizing school. Yeah. Well, some of it is evasion. (laughs) If I could just avoid it, maybe it'll go away. Yeah, maybe it'll go away. I like to also encourage uh, people to find the real problem. We sometimes also call that a root issue because it's really easy to pick the, they say the low hanging fruit, which is okay. The symptoms. You go after, you know, what I think I can solve, but is there something deeper underneath there that if you went after that, you would take care of a whole lot of rotten fruit? Yes. And you say some people don't have the skill set for determining that they have Mm -hmm. a problem Mm -hmm. or recognizing that there's certain things are problems. Yeah. Is something everyone has? um, I think it's a, a human, a natural human method of of avoiding big issues and big problems. Right. Yeah. So these don't have to be big. When this thinking skill, it doesn't have to be a big, deep root problem. It could be something simple. You'll know, depending upon the person you're mentoring. Right. That you're working with. That we got somebody who is really missing something big here. Or no, it's just a don't even know how to do homework because they haven't actually looked at the page yet. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Just something simple. 
Yeah. So you'll know. You'll know, I think. All right. So some other questions you could ask would be, well, tell me what's happening. Tell me what's happening here and see how much detail they can give you. And you need to then be quiet and listen. Because we sometimes also, especially mothers, especially women, <laughs> we, we want to rescue. So we tend to jump in too quick and say, well, I bet you've got a problem with blah, 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 blah. Instead of, no, just ask some more probing questions like, tell me what is happening here. Or even come back with what else? What else do you see here? Or what else do you know? Yeah. Just what else? is a nice follow-up question. The other thing that mediation does is honors this person you're talking to, whether it's a four-year-old or a 24-year-old, mm -hmm. because when you mediate, as we define it through, through Feuerstein's program and training, is you're being very respectful to the person you're listening to. And so you do want to hear what they say. You're not on your phone flipping through. Right. <laughs> Screens. You're focused. Your body language says and shows that you're listening to how they respond. Is there a strategy that you think you could use if you want to move beyond defining the problem? That could be a nice follow-up. And some of these questions that I use here, you're going to hear with some of the other um, build-a-brain thinking skills, too. So you're going to hear a couple and have you ever had this problem before? Is this a new one? Or is this something that, oh yeah, this happened last week. Right. So that's kind of a nice clue that if they go, oh yeah, this happens every Wednesday or. Yeah. What do you think um, the default reaction is for a counselor or a, or a mentor when they're seeing their mentee encountering the same problems again. Oh yeah. It can be real simple to, to get a bit frustrated with them. I thought I told you, mm. right? Don't you remember we talked about this? So we tend to, to be frustrated with them and so we say things like that. When in reality, they just can't recognize what they're looking at. So they keep doing the same thing. They are not there yet. They have not defined that this is a problem. So apparently, I need to mediate better. Right, okay. So my team here at the MindCap Center, they know this, because I we've been together now, most of us, for six, seven years. And when something doesn't go well, well with a client, they know that we can't blame the client. Right. <laughs> Instead, right. I, I tap my shoulders and say, guess where the responsibility is resting because your client is still struggling in that area. It's because you didn't recognize where the struggle was and you need to mediate differently. If you want the person you're helping to change, maybe you gotta change. Absolutely, that's the hardest thing. Yeah. So, you're, so you think for um, counselors and folks who are mentoring or mm -hmm. working with kids on a mm -hmm. regular basis, if their tools aren't super sharp it's gonna be almost unrealistic to think you're gonna be mm -hmm. able to really engage and transform mm -hmm. the, the kids that you're working with. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that true or mm -hmm. is that too extreme? Mm. Depends on the relationship the mentors built because you cannot have very much skill at counseling or mentoring. You've never done anything at all. But if somebody 
clicks with you and and they know you at your core they know you care sometimes they'll forgive that you don't have very good skills because they see you care and you keep coming back you keep taking this kid out to get coffee or you keep seeing them at church or you keep you know you just keep Mm -hmm. saying hi and so that can make an impact on a young person that I don't know, this person keeps saying hi to me. They must really care about me. (laughs) Now, if you want to build a brain, you got to get into some of this. Right. You got to get into some of this. So for counselors and mentors, they need these tools Mm -hmm. so that they can Mm -hmm. better facilitate that kind of relationship. There you go. So they can transform the kids that work with. Well said. That's why I have you as my expert. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Because it makes a lot of sense. Thank you. I'm glad it does. <laughs> I'm glad it does, Mr. Kibway. So anyway, that is Define the Problem. So I hope you will think about that one and use it. And you can find the list of these cognitive skills on our website. So glad you could be with us with Episode 5. Come back for more. Can't wait to help you build a brain. Thanks for listening to the Build a Brain podcast. If you're wanting more information on how to build a brain, please visit the website for the MindCap Center in Fort Wayne, Indiana at www.mindcap.org. That's www.mindcap.org. Children and adults from across the United States and Canada have found the cognitive help they needed at the MindCap Center. Their specialized team is trained in all levels of the Feuerstein program and can literally help you or your child build a new brain. We'll see you next time.